You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. (laughs) Where we're having straightforward, honest conversations about married life, uh, and we are trying to create a show that uh, if you don't have a question, or ah, I'm stumbling all over that, if you don't have a place that you feel you safe, you can ask your questions, this is it. There you go. 214-702-9565, because we want to talk about what you've got going on, and what you're struggling with, yeah. and what your questions are. Or if you don't have a question, I guess listen and find out what questions you should be asking. Maybe so. <laughs> That's fair. 214-702-9565. You can email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, but I'm going to make a plea to the Sexy Marriage Nation that uh, the inbox gets flooded, and it's it's difficult to sometimes wade through what all's there. And we really do want your voicemails. We want to hear you because that helps frame the discussion differently in our head and and then what we can do on the air. Yeah. We want them both, but love to have those voicemails. Yeah. So there's, there's lots in the inbox that we're just not, we can't get to. So if you do a voicemail, that's going to be the front of the line. Yeah. Um, So 214-702-9565. That's the third time I've said it. So hopefully it's drilling in. If you're a listener of Sexy Marriage Nation uh, and you like what we've got going on, please jump on iTunes, rate and review, leave a comment, subscribe, uh, because it's we want people to hear what we've got going on and the message that married sex is the hotbed for sex. It is. Thanks to Buffy for supporting Sexy Marriage Radio. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code SMR. So at the end, you know, at the beginning of every year, February 14th rolls around and everyone knows what that is. Valentine's Day. But do you, my dear wife, know what March 14th is? Um, this It's going to be a Thursday this year. I know that. Okay. What else is it? It's the counterpart to Valentine's. Which is? Sex and Blowjob Day. Sex and Blowjob Day. You just made that up, didn't you? No, I did not make that up. That's okay. a legit deal. So 314 is coming up right away. Mark your calendars, plan the dates, get the grill out, get the steak on the fire. The rest was up to you. Coming up on today's regular version. Did you just Sex make and... that up? I did not just make that up. Okay. That's Where's legit. That? Okay. Coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, your questions, our answers. I even have a second opinion going on in the conversation. Dr. Aziz Gazapora is joining me today. Okay. More about him in just a second. Yep. If you want to find out more about what we talked about with him even deeper, you can check out the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which is longer, deeper. No ads. You can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. You can listen to Dr. Aziz Gazapora and I dive into the his his training is on he's a social confidence expert, an anxiety expert. Oh, interesting. He has a book called Not Nice, which is kind of akin to the No More Mr. Nice Guy with Dr. Glover. Sure. But he's coming at it from a slightly different angle. Okay. That'd be and interesting. It's a good conversation. It's a caveat. The conversation with him. Uh, today during the free version and the extended version, we really land in the individual arena more than a marriage. But I do believe men and women both will benefit Mm -hmm. because 
after all, relationships start individually in how we relate to ourselves well, and the, who we are as, yeah. as people. Well, a lot of what you always talk talk about is you got to work on you. You got to be solid and stand on your own two feet before a mar- anything happens in a marriage. Right. So that's really the basis. Control what you can control and that's it. So all that's coming up on today's show. Okay. So an email that's been in for a little while. Hello, I'm a new listener. What I've heard so far, I've really enjoyed. My wife and I have been married 20 years, and for the most part, it's been a fairly happy marriage. We both grew up very religious and were taught abstinence before marriage. And for the most part, both came into the marriage having accomplished that. We, be, we both experienced some ex- intimate touching with previous boyfriends or girlfriends, did some intimate touching with each other. And up until a couple of weeks ago, I thought I knew the extent of how much intimate, t- intimate touching my wife had done before meeting me. But during a recent discussion... I discovered there was significantly more touching with her boyfriend than I was led to believe. I'd always thought that she'd been touched on her chest a couple times, never down low, and that she'd only touched his penis once, giving him oral. Come to find out, that was several more times on top of his clothes, and he even touched her under her clothes. Not sure how many times. For whatever reason, I've always had issues with my size, and I've struggled with my own perceived performance issues. Early in our marriage, my wife told me that it'd be easier for her to climax if I were bigger. She also told me early on that he was longer, but you were bigger around. I've been able to tell myself that she may not really know size since she'd only touched his or seen it once, but now that I've heard more information, and he, my, my mind keeps saying she knows he's bigger than me. So based on what little research I've done, I fall right in line as the average length and slightly above average in girth. I also found out recently that her boyfriend never ejaculated during these touching sessions. The type of touch that has done, that was done, would have made me ejaculate back in those days. Not sure why this has rocked my world so much, but I'm really struggling on a variety of levels. How do I calm the storm in my head? Oh wow, Ed, that's that's a lot of comparison going on. Yes, it is. He just seems to be going through this phase as though. It was something that happened right now. Like if there's this trust issue. Am I? It, it, yeah, there's there's almost two things going on. Yeah. That, that I'm hearing too. One is you've got a knock of wait. I didn't have. I don't have the whole story. And now that I'm getting the story, it's going to rock you a little bit. Yeah. Because I was led to believe, or I chose to believe, and sometimes there's a fine line between the two. Mm, okay. Because sometimes we don't want to go down some of those dark holes, and so we cut it short, too. Maybe so, or maybe you're wondering what else weren't you told. Right, and so there's a rock of like, whoa, 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 this is not what I thought all along. And so that's going to hurt. That's a confidence hit. Sure. That has nothing to do with size or performance. That's an identity kind of a thing, and it's a relational identity thing. Right, I, I had this established trust in our relationship of who we are individually and together, that's been rocked a little bit, and that's going to take a little while to recover. Mm-hmm. So kudos to at least the stuff's in the open now, at least to this point. I guess so. Is what we're being told. So, hey, now you got more you can build on. The other thing is, man, us men, size is an issue. It's, it's an identity thing, man, that there's just this whole, wow, I've got to grow confident. And it doesn't matter the size. It matters me. How matters I who use it. It's attached it. to. Yeah, how that's I what matters to. so much more. Mm-hmm. But it's still all the way from middle school days when you first have to f- be forced to shower after gym, gym class or yeah. athletics or something, 
and you start doing the comparison game because it's just a inevitability. The one thing that is just interesting to me is that from the very early on, and I've said this before in Sexy Marriage Radio land, but we seem to forget the whole uh, view is different. When I'm looking at something from the side, it's bigger than if I'm looking at something straight down from above. So if I look at someone else, and I'm just starting the whole game, right? Sure. And then I look at me, it looks different. Okay, so I get where that would be a, a a comparison issue for you if you're thinking separately. But here's a person whose spouse has told him I get a it. difference between him and an old boyfriend from twenty however many years ago. I get it, but this is That's this is different. Touching on the how this all begins though okay. in my book. Okay. This is a trigger to whoa, hold on, because most men. I'm going to speak for a lot here, and I'm speaking for myself for sure. Yeah. This is a journey of, okay, how do I rate? How do I stack up? Where do I compare? Okay. And so this is, it, it can be triggered when a wife says, uh, he was bigger, but you're bigger around. And actually, from the research I know, um, the combination of the two, I mean, we even did this on the show of what's the optimum size. Right. But girth is what matters the most. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily length. It's it's a relative thing. But I'm curious because when you first think of a sexual encounter with someone, is your memory real accurate when you're thinking back to it? Or has anxiety skewed some of it? Because we don't ever go into first-time first encounters really calm. So we can blow things out of we, proportion we, in our mind. Yeah, um, we skew things. Um, certainly we don't have a... Most of us don't have photographic memories right. to remember it all right. 100% accurately. So I say that because her her recollection could be wrong, and her statement was... As a spouse, do you care about that, though? As a spouse, you think, well, whatever's in their head is what they're thinking. And if you're concerned about what they're thinking, that's all that matters. Whether or not it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. it's their reality now. Right. So if I'm at a point where I'm caring about that, it, who who cares whether it's reality or not? It's her reality. True. Okay. Perception is reality. Okay. And so then that means how does he face that knock of, hey, because it kind of is a little bit of a knock you down statement. I, I, I guess. I don't know whether she was, they were having the conversation about the old boyfriend uh, to say, well, here's the size I like, or was it just an offhanded comment? Right. Or and I'm, maybe... I'm curious about the statement of, if you were bigger, I could climax easier. Because for most women, climaxing the clitoris has to be involved, and size doesn't really matter on hitting the clitoris or not. If it's you're a doing position. Intercourse, right? It's, it's how you're hitting it, right? Position wise. Yeah. So typically, to me, I mean, here, here's my thought. Maybe she's not talking clitoral. Maybe so. But here, here's my thought to the emailer. Um, she's making love to all of you if she's having sex with you. Mm-hmm. It's not just your penis. So have all of you involved. Right? Every ounce of your being. Bring that to the game. Your fingers, your tongue, your mouth, your body, your chest, your legs, your penis, everything. Because that's the whole package. It is. 
that's what that's what is it, it your penis is attached to whether it's average above average below average whatever that's what it's attached to so bring all of that because look at the rest of what you're doing together if you've been together for over 20 years yeah you got to bring more than just a penis to the table for climax for a woman it's it's got to be a it's a whole body it's a whole relationship thing right right i got to get my head in the the game and and be into my husband is a man. Right. And um, then also you want to have your mind engage her mind. Yeah. The mind gets there. Right. Exactly. And so go pursue that. And you don't pursue her mind with your penis as often as you do your, your own mind and your own body and your own confidence, your own swagger, how you carry yourself, regardless of size. Right. And if she's thinking of other things in the fence, in, or let me rephrase, if you think she's thinking of other things, which that's likely what's going on, rather than... That he thinks she is. Right, because how often do we get caught in, oh, well, she can't be enjoying this. She's thinking of this. She's thinking that. And we just jump to the worst possible scenarios if we yeah. don't have information. Well, yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking, why in the world do you say that to a spouse? Why do you why do you give a penis size comparison to your old boyfriend? I don't know. Well, there it it could have spurred spun out of a conversation about oh well what size and what you know because how often do we get curious about the different things and we want the data and then when we get I it we're so. like I don't want that data. Why do I, why did I ask for that data? <laughs> I don't want to know that. So I get it, and okay, and it, it that's not to give an, a, a free pass on either side of this, but it is just looking at it of this is not just an appendage that you that you have fantastic sex with. It's all of you that you have fantastic sex with. You bring all of you. Yeah, that's where I just love the phrase of penis size doesn't matter. What matters is who it's attached to. Right. Because nothing can replace what is quintessentially you as a being. Yeah. So bring that to bear in your life and live that in other aspects of your life with the confidence and a swagger and then bring that to the bedroom and see if she says anything about size then. Yeah. So I'm excited about our sponsor, Buffy, who has created the best comforter that I've slept with. And apparently there's a lot of other customers that agree because they have over like 11,000 reviews raving about the softness of this truly comfortable comforter that feels so good on your skin. Buffy's made from naturally soothing eucalyptus fabric. Uh, the outside shell is 100% eucalyptus fiber, which is softer than cotton and naturally soothes skin. And Buffy has recycled fill. The fill of each comforter is made from 100% recycled BPA-free water bottles kind of interesting, but it's it really is like a cloud. Instead of going into a landfill, they get a second life as a soft, fluffy fiber that feels softer than down. Buffy offers a 30-night trial, and they allow you to try a comforter in your own home for 30 days. If you don't love it, you return it for free. I love Buffy for how soft it is, but also because it's a great weight and keeps a comfortable temperature all night long. For $20 off your Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter promo code SMR. That's Buffy.co, promo code SMR for $20 off. 
Well, if you've been around Sexy Marriage Radio for any length of time, you know that one of the things I love is having guests come on that speak um, very similarly with the message that we're trying to promote, and then also some of the different things I've come across in my life where uh, I would refer to a lot of times with the work I do, uh, I come across a lot of nice guys, which then led to one of the guys in a mastermind group I'm running pointing out uh, he just came across a guy by the name of Dr. Aziz Gazapura and his book, Not Nice. And so that just made sense of we got to find Dr. Aziz to join me on an episode. And so lo and behold, Dr. Aziz, thank you for joining us on Sexy Marriage Radio today. Tis I, here I am, I've appeared. <laughs> and so his his book, Not Nice, and then the subtitle is Stop People Pleasing, Staying Silent and Feeling Guilty, and Start Speaking Up, Saying No, Asking Boldly, and Unapologetically Being Yourself. So that seems right where we need to start, Dr. Aziz. What's wrong with being nice in the way you are framing it here? Sure. Well, that very last part of the subtitle, Unapologetically Being Yourself, I think that's the answer to your question because mm -hmm. the problem with niceness is the way that I define it in the book is it's not the same thing as kindness or generosity or being loving. There's actually a quality to niceness where when we're being nice, we're doing the the appropriate thing, the polite thing, the nice thing. Okay. And we do that regardless of what's really true or what we really think or what we really feel. In fact, you know, we've all heard this a million times. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right. And that might seem like a, a vote for, for kindness or something, but let's say you're having a problem in your marriage or you have a conflict with somebody in your life. Should you not say anything? Should you not bring it up? <laughs> and so what happens is niceness becomes this uh, oppressive force that's about keeping the peace, right. not upsetting anyone, and then at the, at, the, at the expense of our own authenticity, our own honesty, and ultimately it, it erodes our relationships anyway. So it's not really an effective long-term strategy. Right. So you're, you're, you're framing it in the mindset of this is about uh, systematic uh, synergy or, or peace, if you will, that I just don't, I don't want to rock a boat by speaking up an opinion that might have a dissenting slant towards it, which also then means that, I can't be me. Absolutely. Okay. And I don't, cause I, I cannot tolerate that feeling of discomfort inside. If I imagine you're temporarily upset with me okay. or, or disagreeing with me. So does it really kind of stem from this idea of, uh, everybody's, I don't know if uh, this isn't necessarily a human thing to a degree. It might be exacerbated now with the way society's gone, but this idea of we want to be liked yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and beyond liked, liked would be great. We we want to make sure we're not disliked. There's no ah, okay. negative thought, no negative feeling, no negative anything directed towards me. And so, you know, maybe you're neutral, that's okay. Liked or impressed by me, that's even better. But at the very least, I got to do <laughs> I got to be just right and just how you want so that you don't leave the conversation or the interaction with any judgments of me. All right. So the um, which main, again is a fool's errands. Right. So the main, pre the main premise is I just have to avoid being disliked. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's the ultimate goal. Okay. And so that then puts you in some precarious situations, I'm assuming when you're talking about any kind of relationship with some substance and some 
uh, history with it because how long is that sustainable? Yeah, it's it's really not, and yet it's amazing how long people can do it. Right. Uh, just like a, an unhealthy diet is in some ways unsustainable, but man, people can do that for a couple of decades before <laughs> it really catches up to them. And, and yeah. niceness is the same way. You can you can run it, and but usually for people, it will really start to break down. You know, maybe they learned it when they were young, and they did it throughout their twenties and thirties. Usually, by the time that people get into their thirties, forties, it it's really breaking down, and okay. they it's it's no longer working because it it's led to um, marriages that have fallen apart, um, or that, or they just are completely lost and have lost themselves in the marriage or in, in relationship, um, chronic patterns of sort of being mistreated and, and taking it, you know, they, they really start to see, wow, this is not the way I want to live the rest of my life. Okay. And so what are some signs that maybe, this path of of being nice that I've been using and attempting to employ for all these years or decades, what are the signs that would start to tell me this is not working? Yeah, first and foremost, it you might be nice on the outside, but inside you know it's not working. Right. And that might show up as you feel resentful, you feel irritated, you feel angry, you feel impatient. And it might be with certain people. It might just be a general, like the, the the tank is full and it's starting to overflow. And you get enraged when you're driving or whatever the you know small triggers might be. So there's this this reservoir of of anger and resentment that's built up because you're you're playing the nice person role, but underneath it's not being you. So that's going to create a lot of frustration and tension. Um, that's one sign. It can manifest as uh, we talked about relationships kind of falling apart or or not working. Mm-hmm. Um, another sign might be uh, you are extremely guilty. You feel so much guilt about even the smallest things, asking for what you need, um, saying no to somebody. And so the signs that it's not working is like you're unable to say no and so you're overwhelmed. Or you're unable to ask for what you want, so you're just yet again not getting what you want in your relationships. Okay, these are all signs to look out for. Okay, and so because th- this is this is interesting to me because I've been in this path. I mean, this is the this is the reason Dr. Glover's work of No More Mister Nice Guys resonated with me. You've mentioned you've read it too. There's a little bit of overlap, if not a lot of overlap, in some regards with what you're doing, um, but it's still. I'm I'm of the opinion, man. How do we get the message out there of of we as people as human beings really need to start being better at being ourselves and being unapologetic about that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Okay, so in married life, because this is this is where I see this run the most, Doctor Aziz, and to, and you, I know you're married and. Um, I don't know your whole story yet, so that's where we'll probably go some in the extended content today. But um, I'm curious, would you say that part of what you're writing against is some of the premise of happy wife equals happy life? Hmm. As in you should just make sure that you please your partner. Right. All the time. Yeah, that it's all about making sure. And this this is the message that I think a lot of husbands have of, hey, whatever just makes her happy, then I'll just. I just won't speak up. I just, and that's that whole idea of I'm not going to really be, ple- I'm not going to really be myself possibly because I'm the point yeah. is I need to please her. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a misguided idea of what actually creates a harmonious relationship. And we think that we get to harmony by avoiding all turbulent water. And that's not true in a marriage. That's not true in life. We right. don't get to a state of uh, happiness and confidence by avoiding all discomfort in our lives. Right. In fact, if we, if we attempt to do that, the more we avoid discomfort, uh, the more fearful we become, the more distressed and, and agitated and unhappy we become over time. And the exact same thing applies to a marriage and a relationship. And so in order to achieve that level of, of harmony, and of course, maybe we want, both partners want to be happy and sure. that's just a human desire. Sure. Sure. But in order to get there, the pathway is we need, we need to be able to go into the uncomfortable conversations. We need to talk about the things that the grievances that we have, the challenges we have, both outside of the relationship with each other. Like you can approach your partner like a confidant. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm struggling with this. I feel insecure about that. But we also... And I didn't learn this one for a long time, but we, we also need to be able to approach your partner and say, hey, here's a challenge I'm having with our relationship, right. with what's going on between us. Right. And, and that one I tried to avoid for a lot of my life because yep. that's what I learned growing up is you avoid that stuff. But it didn't work. I couldn't sustain relationships until I learned that not only is that uh, important to do, it's required and we have to learn. We have to learn how to do it right. like we would learn a, a skill. And I think a lot of people think, oh, you're just supposed to find the right person and then it all works out. And it's actually, no, you have to actually learn a whole set of skills <laughs> to be able to navigate those conversations. <laughs> right. That's when you get into this whole idea of nothing prepares you for marriage, but marriage. That Once, right. you're, once yeah. you're into it, you realize, whoa, what, what did I just get into? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it, right? It's like you're 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 in the crucible, and so you gotta you know get ready to get uh, get transformed. Get Absolutely, and you gotta, grow. I heard I came across a phrase, and I cannot remember who I need to cite this this quote to. But there was someone that I've read a while back that made the comment of the moment you wake up in married life and roll over and wonder who are you or why did I marry you or something. Maybe this was a mistake. That's when married life really begins, mm. because then I think you're because I to me I frame it. Tell me if I'm in the same same arena that you're talking about with this work that you're doing. I frame this as that's when all of a sudden this is a process of self discovery more than it is about partner discovery. This is about okay, there's things of me that are now being exposed that aren't as seamless and as easy and rosy. Because now I'm coming up against somebody, and this is that conflict of I love and I care and I want, but it's requiring more of me. I can't just go along to get along and, and be okay. Yeah, and that's that uh, I would I hope I'm sure people listening to your show are probably already that way because you know you don't listen to self-development podcasts unless you're <laughs> growth oriented right but I mean, that's one of the biggest uh, secrets that I would want anyone to know in terms of creating a confident or happy life is to become growth oriented. And so you want, you want to approach everything in your life, whether it's your, your work and your job, uh, your marriage, your relationships, your, your health challenges and goals, like everything is about growing in right. that regard. So if you have a challenging coworker at work, it's not, oh man, I got a bum deal and my life sucks and it's no fair. It's oh, why is it, you know, what is this person, what do I need to learn here to grow, to navigate this situation? And it's the same thing in in a marriage. It's like, 
what is pushing my button? Oh, I'm upset about X. You know, she said this to me or, or he didn't give me that. Oh, what button in mine is getting pushed? Right. Oh, what, what, what's going on with me? Right. So it doesn't mean that you don't talk about it and just try to solve it on your own. But when you bring it up, it's less blamey and more uh, focused on that, that personal responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's the key. That's, that's the most powerful aspect of this approach is the idea of when I really land in the realm of personal responsibility, I really then have much more influence over what happens. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more power. Right. And so the last question I've got for this, this, this part of the show for you, Dr. Aziz is, is have you come across with, with the feedback you've received from the work you do and the confidence training and coaching that you do? And one of the phrases I loved is you actually also do rejection training, which that's a good framework to, to, to think of this, um, in practical terms. But is there any difference in the in the way this is received and plays out in males versus females? N- not necessarily. Okay. I mean, I think everyone is is it wants it and needs it, and um and and has multiple areas. I think any person I've had a conversation with, not just people, you know, potential clients, but just anyone. When people, there's always at least one area in our life where we want more confidence, sure, and we want more uh, ability to freely express ourselves. You said at the beginning of our conversation here, just to, to be more authentically ourselves, mm-hmm. more unapologetically ourselves. I think that's a, I think people really want that. And there is so much training that we get growing up and our families and then extending into school and then the workplace where we learn very much the roles that we're supposed to play. Right. And I think deep down, people yearn to be more expressive, more authentically themselves. And yet, that's not something that we just can wish for. We almost, we have to build that. We have to reclaim that. We have to do the work and have the courage to practice that until we actually get to reap the reward, the benefit of that. Okay, that's perfect. And so, just, I'd love for the Sexy Marriage Nation to know, how can they find you and, and more of what you offer and, and provide for the world for them? Yeah, absolutely. So the, I have a website where you can get find out about all my books and YouTube channel and programs, everything. It's uh, socialconfidencecenter.com. That's socialconfidencecenter.com. And uh, there's a lot of, there's just I wanted it to be a resource for, okay, you want confidence in any key area of life. That's the place to start. So we have a ton of free stuff. We have programs people can do um, all the way up from there. So if this is resonating, I think that would be a great place to start. Absolutely. And I, and I want to encourage the members of Sex and Marriage Nation to check this out because the feedback I see in, in, the, in the, the, the short dive I've done thus far in Dr. Aziz's work is he's spot on with, with the idea of I, I, confidence is key. And so check him out. Dr. Z, thank you very much for spending a little bit of time with us today. My pleasure. Hey, not a question, just uh, some thoughts that came to mind. And uh, I, I'm not listening to both of your podcasts talking about missionary position being dirty. You probably already aware of this or talk about it already. But one of the ideas I had for um, you had a great idea about, hey, try initiating sex in the kitchen or in the living room. We're different. The other thing that came to mind for me is how about uh, a variation of the missionary position? So you're just tweaking it a little bit, and hey, does that feel dirty? Instead of just straight missionary, you know, maybe it's 
on the side a little bit. Um, maybe the legs are in a different position type of thing. Variate that missionary position a little bit and see if each variation feels the same or not or feels better or worse or whatever. So kind of like one of those things where you're trying to start a new behavior, just small steps type of thing. So, and uh, just came across your podcast yesterday and love it. You guys got an awesome podcast. Thank you much. Bye. Thank you for the suggestion with the Sexy Marriage Nation, helping the Sexy Marriage Nation. Yeah, that goes back to episode. Do you have the episode number? I don't. Okay, sorry. <laughs> a few weeks back. Yes, it was. Call in about the missionary position. Yes, yeah. and that's something I love the the framework of that question of that comment because I was suggesting with the missionary position, just flip her over on top. You know, don't mm-hmm. ask, just do. And instead, what about the simplicity of you just get up mm-hmm. on your knees and continue sex from what was the missionary position. Now it's a whole different game. Yeah. She can stay where she was. Yeah. You change. Elegant little solutions. That's brilliant. Well, I'm curious what other people think. 214-702-9565. Give us your thoughts. Because we went a couple different ways today. Mm-hmm. And... I want to know, did we hit or miss? I'm not above striking out, but you got to try. Got to step up. Rejection training, as Dr. Aziz says. I like the home runs, though. <laughs> this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> Whatever we left out, let us know. 214-702-9565. Whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time.